All August long, we're giving away our subscription-only digestible daily show Cubs Pod, which is ad-supported here by the Bleacher Bunch on the Fans First Network. For early ad-free Cubs Pod, subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto and become a super ranter today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is August 4th, 2023, and this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of digestible Cubs content, brought to you by the Bleacher Bunch and the Fans First Sports Network. Make sure you subscribe to the Bleacher Bunch and other Fans First Sports Network shows on whatever podcatcher you are using. Also, give us a review. Let us know that you like what you're hearing. And for those of you getting this in your feed for the first time, because this has been a Patreon exclusive, but for the month of August, we are giving it to everyone. If you are just now catching on to the Cubs pod, think about joining the Sunranto Patreon and you can get this type of content all season long. And let's get into the game last night. The Cubs only scored five runs. I think that means they suck now. Is that what they mean? The last time they scored five runs, they lost. So then they went out and they scored 21. (laughs) Just kidding. They won by 21. They scored 36. Yes. If I had said they had scored 21 runs in two games, you'd have been like, yeah. But then, no, they won by that many. So I can only assume that since they're scoring less than a quarter or uh, a third of the runs that they scored the last few nights, that they're just no longer any good. I am obviously joking around. This Cubs team, after the trade deadline, looks pretty hot against those first place Reds who were in first place the entire time the Cubs played them. But now they are no longer there because losing three or four to the Cubs will take you out of first place in this division pretty quickly. They are now a half game back of the Brewers and the Cubs are two and a half back of those Brewers. So now it's time for everybody to join together and just cheer against the Brewers while we're cheering on this revitalized Cubs team. All right, let's get into this game here a little bit. And um, hey, everyone, Tyone is not as bad as we thought. Oh, I told you that quite a while ago. 
but I think everybody has to start to agree now. He's not as bad as we thought he was. Now, he did struggle a bit last night. He really did. He was he in those first two innings, he threw a lot of pitches. Uh, he gave up a home run to Ellie De La Cruz on the very first pitch of the game. So that looked like it was going to be terrible. Like it looked like it was going to be a Reds revenge game when the first pitch goes out of the yard. But he settled in, he fought back, and um, you know, he pitched okay. Like I said, though, in that first two innings, he really did struggle. Saw five batters in the first inning, including the home run uh, from Ellie De La Cruz. And then uh, he got a couple of quick outs, and then he walked Jake Fraley. Oh, and I shouldn't say he got quick outs. They weren't really quick outs, but he got the next two guys. Uh, but then he, he Jake Fraley walks, and he steals. And then, you know, two outs, they've got a guy at, scoring position and uh, Spencer Steer gets up there but he gets Steer swinging and he's out of that inning with only one run giving up on that first pitch then in the second inning uh, he faced six batters it did not go so well for him in that inning Uh, Votto flew out to get it started but then uh, the longest name that has ever been we're going to just call him CES he hit a single then Will Benson doubled uh, Maley popped out, but then we're back to the top of the order already. And Ellie De La Cruz does not hit a home run, but he did get a walk. And now the bases are loaded. Luckily, we have two outs, but still dangerous part of this order coming up. TJ Friedel grounds out to Dansby Swanson, and they get out of the inning without giving up any more runs, despite a lot of traffic. Tyone had uh, 47 pitches in those first two innings. That's that's a lot of pitches to throw that early in the game. But came out in the third, uh, immediately gave up a single. Now, this was was it a good? This is a tough one. It, it was kind of a weak grounder over to Madrigal, who had no chance to make this play at all. Now, could Candelario have possibly made that play? maybe I don't know that's how tough a play it was but I will say that you know Madrigal was nowhere near catching that batter in fact he probably should not have even thrown it he made a good throw over to Candelario who you know for this play was probably on the wrong end of the play uh, because they've got him over at first base which look Candelario is doing great had a great start looks like he loves being back in Cubs pinstripes but I'm still a little frustrated with how they're handling this. And it's not because I don't think Candelario can play first or that he absolutely should not play first. It's just everybody playing in the wrong positions. A second baseman was at third base throwing to a third baseman who was at first base and they didn't get that out. Now, again, that was a tough play. I don't know that anybody gets that out. Maybe Candelario could do it if he was over there, but who knows? Regardless, that was the only hit in the inning, even though uh, even though it was the weak contact that Tyone was trying to get. Uh, he gets the next three, though, and they're out of that inning with Tyone in a bit of a groove. But hey, I just got a little bit lost in there with the Tyone stuff because, um, you know, it really did hinge on him in this game. It really, and he had to be good against 
the Reds if they wanted to win this series, and it has been rough for him. The Cubs have not won a lot of games that he has pitched, and honestly, when he came out in those first two innings, he threw a lot of pitches, and it looked like it was going to be bad. The fourth inning, again, gave up two doubles right away, and it looks like it's going to be bad, but then he gets the double play. They did score, so uh, the Reds had their two runs that they would score against him, but it was all, I mean, it was all pretty good. Fifth inning, he went one, two, three. This is where Ross GPT confuses me. Look, I'm telling you, I thought Tyone was doing, he he got into a little bit more of a groove. He was, you know, getting through things a little bit easier, but honestly, it was not a super clean game. He was just battling out there as he's supposed to. He gets through five. He's at 89 pitches. And I'm not exactly sure what the Ross GPT was saying in there, but they sent him out there in the sixth inning to face Spencer Steer, the number four hitter. And then, I mean, it's Steer, then Votto, and who knows, right? Like, that's not an easy task after he's sort of struggled and thrown a ton of pitches in this game. He's been good enough in this game. But I don't know that he was good enough to go back out there for the sixth to, to face Spencer Steer to throw his 90th pitch. And, of course, it did not go well for him. Uh, Spencer Steer ended up getting a double. And now, now they call for the bullpen. Mark Leiter Jr. gets the ring up, and he's got to come in and face Joey Vado. Like, okay. I mean... Joey Votto's a good hitter. Like, he's always been a good hitter. He's not the best that he's ever been right now. He's also 39 years old, but he's freaking good. And you're giving him an opportunity against a brand new pitcher with a guy on second base. I am not sure what is going on. I don't know why they do this. It, it, why could Mark Leiter Jr. not just start? Right? Like, why can't he just come in at the beginning of the inning instead of in with traffic? Runners in scoring position, he gets it. I don't know. I don't know. Leiter, of course, did get through that inning without giving up the run. Um, it was, he got Joey Votto striking out Christian Incarnacion Strand. He hit with a pitch which now you got guys at first and second and there's only one out and it's a little nerve wracking, but Will Benson struck out and then Luke Maley grounded out. So no harm, no foul, I guess, but you know, that was Tyone's night. Uh, it was, he gets the win. He had, uh, he gave up seven hits, two earned runs is all he did walk two, but he struck out five. And of course the home run on the first pitch of the game. We will take that if that's what he's going to give us. That's that's good, you know, uh, for a third guy, fourth guy, giving up two runs in five innings, much better than even before uh, in June when it was more around uh, four or five runs every game. But I know everyone out there is like, hey, but didn't the Cubs score two? What was the offense doing? So let's, you know, let's jump back a little bit to the first inning and tell you what they did. So the first inning after that home run, you know, the Cubs are down by one and uh, Nico Horner hits a double just to get right going. Uh, Second batter, Nico Horner doubles. 
Then Ian Happ gets up there and he doubles and scores Nico Horner to tie the game in back-to-back doubles. Bellinger pops out, Dansby strikes out, and that inning is over. Uh, but hey, it was they tied the game up, and it didn't take them till the third or fourth inning to do so. They were able to get to Luke Weaver, who has not been real good this year. Uh, they got to him early, so that's good, you know. But in the second inning, Luke Weaver came out. Get he got three straight outs uh, real quick. And after what looked like Tyone struggling in the second inning, uh, felt like maybe it could go the other way in this game. Unfortunately for Luke Weaver in the third inning, the Cubs were going to break it open after three outs. Yeah, you just heard that right. The Cubs got their third out and then they scored three runs and you don't see that very often. So here, here's what it was. Madrigal lined, lined out right away. Uh, then Mike Talkman struck out. And then Nico Horner strikes out and he swings at a pitch in the dirt. That ball gets away from Luke Maley. They call it a wild pitch by Luke Weaver. But I mean, I think that's where that pitch was supposed to be. And Maley, he kind of backhanded it. Like he turned his glove he didn't do it right. Let me just say that. He didn't do it right. The ball bounced up his arm and then flew all the way to the backstop. And Nico Horner took off. He was able to get to first. And now he's safe, even though there were technically three outs on the inning. Luke Weaver now has to settle himself in and try to get a, you know, a fourth out. And I'm sure he's frustrated. Uh, he ends up walking Ian Happ. And now you got uh, guys at first and second. Then Cody Bellinger singled, and that scores Nico Horner. Ian Happ goes to third. Now you got guys at the corners. Cody Bellinger steals second base. Then Dansby Swanson walks, and the bases are loaded for Christopher Morrell. And Luke Weaver just can't get a break here. He is so frustrated. Um, He's throwing a lot of good pitches really close, but just slightly balls. The home plate umpire did have a tight strike zone in this game, but for the most part, it seemed like he kept it pretty consistent. That meant nothing to the Reds manager, David Bell, who would end up getting thrown out of this game for for arguing those balls and strikes, but not quite yet. We got Christopher Morell up there. You know the kid is looking to do some damage. He wants to drive in like four runs he wants to hit the grand slam he's going for it but he's a good hitter he really is a good hitter and he even though he swung at the very first two pitches both of which were strikes he missed them both but then he's down 0-2 he comes back and takes the walk such a just a, a a mature at bat for a young man who wanted to destroy the ball you know he wanted to get something more than the walk but the walk was the thing to do when you have bases loaded he drives in a run by trotting down to first base bases still loaded cubs are now up three to one jamer candelario comes up and takes a five pitch walk and this is where uh david bell lost his cool because the fifth pitch was right man it was very close but again 
it had been a ball the entire game, and it was a ball right then. The Cubs get the walk. Uh, they go up 4-1 to one as Luke Weaver walks in another run. I will say the David Bell ejection was fun. He got his money's worth. Uh, the fans got their money's worth watching him run around and yell at the ump. I do not think he was right in this situation, but uh, he needed, I, I guess he was just frustrated because the umpire had been squeezing the pitchers the entire night and Luke Weaver was just, he wasn't as, he wasn't quite as bad as it seemed like he was, but he just couldn't get it done with that strike zone. But he did strike out Jan Gomes after David Bell left the game, and then they were out of the inning, and it was 4-1 to one Cubs. The Reds would battle back in, you know, just in the very next inning. They scored again, uh, like we talked about earlier, so it was 4-2, but they could just never overcome the three runs. But it wasn't because uh, Luke Weaver couldn't get strikes at the end of the last inning. It's because Luke Maley, Luke and Luke, uh, Luke Maley just flubbed that ball and extended the inning. And a young pitcher, I guess, it, that's a tough thing for any pitcher. And a young pitcher has just got to learn to deal with it, I guess. Such a frustrating thing for him. Uh, but it was a great thing for the Cubs. We all loved the crap out of it. Weaver went back out there in the fourth inning and immediately had another frustrating situation with Madrigal hitting sort of a soft uh, soft fly liner out to left field and Will Benson just could not handle it. It was it looked like it was able to be caught, but then he didn't do it. You know, it was it was a bit of a a bit of a tough catch, but not too tough. It really should have been an out, but he just misread it and it went under his glove and gets past him. And Nikki two strikes ends up with a single. And that was the end of Luke Weaver. So what a rough night for that kid getting the three outs and then giving up the three runs in that inning, lots of walks, and then having the next inning start like that tough on him. Reds bring in Sam Mole to replace Luke Weaver and Mole gives up a double to Mike Tockman, who really almost hit a home run there. It came off the top of the wall, hitting the Ivy. And then uh, TJ Friedel played it on the bounce really well, barehanded it, fired it in to Ellie De La Cruz and wave him in Willie. We haven't talked a ton about him this year. It, he hasn't seemed to be that bad, but good goats like this was not the time holy cow he waved madrigal from who was running from first so already this is a stretch no matter what but madrigal is barely around third and ellie de la cruz already has the ball he fires it in to luke maley and i mean it was so egregious maley was standing there just waiting and Nick Madrigal did that like stupid little league, little kid, like, well, maybe if I run all, if I do things and go around the base and do all this stuff, maybe I'll be able to come back. And like, he wasn't anywhere near the plate. The, the umpire, he was so far out. The umpire called him out before he ever got tagged. It was pretty ridiculous. And instead of having guys on, you know, maybe first and, Probably, it would have probably been first and third 
uh, but Talkman gets the double on the play going home. So it probably would have been first and third, and you maybe score again in this inning, but instead he runs into that stupid out. Nico Horner flies out to left field. Nothing happens. Nobody moves. And then Ian Happ strikes out for the end of the inning. And they keep it close. And over the next couple innings, the pitchers have their way with the hitters. And nothing happens again until the top of the eighth. Julian Merriweather, who showed up in the seventh to get the last out, comes back out for the eighth. He strikes out Jake Fraley. But then Spencer Steer hits a home run to cut the Cubs' lead to one run. It's 4-3 on the homer by Steer. Merriweather gets Joey Votto striking out on the next batter, and then it's time for Adbert Auzelai to come in for a four-out save. In the bottom of the eighth inning, the Cubs give Adbert Auzelai a little bit more to work with. Swanson doubled off of Ian Gabot, G-I-B-A-U-T, uh, Ian Gabot, I guess, is from France. That's the only thing I can imagine he's from. Oh, you know what? Maybe he's not from France. Maybe he's from French Canada. I believe there's a French Canada. It's like Montreal. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Dansby Swanson hits a ground rule double on a line drive out to center field, bounced up and into the bleachers. So a little bit of a souvenir out there. Not on a home run, though. And then uh, Christopher Morrell strikes out. But Jamer Candelario gets his one hit of the game. Yes, Jamer Candelario apparently does not get four hits every single game. He got a walk in this game and a single, and that's it. So I guess he sucks. Again, just kidding. That was, uh, he got the single and moved Dansby over to third. Then Jan Gomes hits a sacrifice fly deep to Jake Fraley in right field and Dansby Swanson scores easily to, you know, it was an insurance run for the Cubs, uh, 5-3. Nick Madrigal flies out to Jake Fraley for the last out, but they have a two-run lead going into the ninth inning for Adbert Auzelai to work with. And Adbert was on. Wow. He made Will Benson and Luke Maley look dumb. They were completely overmatched by what he was doing out there. One guy that wasn't overmatched was the third batter in this inning, Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, top of the order. He's getting his shot, and uh, he took it. He hit it pretty hard, but unfortunately for him, he hit it right at Jamer Candelario. Candelario makes the final out, and the Cubs play the song and have the lights turning into W's and doing all the fun stuff that they do after home wins. And now let's run through this preview as quickly as we can. It will be a 1.20 Chicago Standard Time start for the Cubs because it's Friday and it's Chicago and we do 120 games. I can't wait. Nothing makes my Friday afternoon at work go faster than having the game on and uh, enjoying that instead of working. That's not true. Usually what happens is I end up working and I don't get enough time to look at the game, but it's fun to have on and I can, you know, work is always better when you have baseball on. Let's face it. But uh, yeah, so we're going to see Atlanta, who is just dominating over in the East. They are 
Sitting at 69 wins. Nice. Which is the most wins of anyone in the major leagues. They are leading their division by 11 and a half games. Yeah, they are just running away from with it. They're running away from their division. It's not like the Central where anybody still has a chance, really, except for the Cardinals. No, Atlanta has basically locked down that division unless they go into Chicago and get beat down by this resurgent Cubs and starts a terrible losing streak that knocks them out and lets Philly win. Okay, I don't I don't really think that's going to happen, but it would be amazing if it did. No, the Cubs are going to see this uh, juggernaut of a team. They will be facing Max Freed, who spells his name like fried. Max Freed is uh, has not been playing. He had a forearm strain on May fifth, which was his last game that he played, and then he's been out for you know basically three months. Uh, he has had a few um, you know warm up starts in the minors to get back going, but this is the first time he's going to see big league pitching in three months. Let's hope that works in the Cubs' favor. Uh, I hope so because Max Freed is actually really really good. Despite how good he is, uh, Cody Bellinger has a home run off of him in 13 at-bats. Bellinger's seen him more than anyone. He's hitting 385 in those 13 at-bats and uh, has four RBI. So that's uh, pretty good. like to see Bellinger face off against him. Outside of that, the most beyond that is uh, Gomes, who has seven at-bats, but he's hitting 429. And Ian Happ has only seen him four times. He's got three hits against Max Freed. Two of them were home runs. So Gomes has a home run too. So it's like the other guys, nobody's really seen him more than one game. Everybody's got one game against him except for Gomes and Bellinger. But Happ in that one game hit two dongs and had three hits. Pretty freaking good. So I don't know. Uh, this could go pretty badly for Freed. Let's hope, right? Of course, outside of those three guys, uh, only one player has a hit, and that's Nico Horner. Every single other batter who, is, who faced him in that one game uh, went over. So they have zero averages. Kyle Hendricks will be taking the bump for the Cubs. And uh, unlike Max Freed, Kyle Hendricks has seen a lot of the Braves. Uh, let's see here. We've got... 37 at-bats from Marcelo Zuna. That's mainly because he was on the Cardinals for quite a while. Uh, Ozuna's hitting 378 versus Kyle and has three home runs. Uh, He's their DH at the moment. So probably going to see him in there. Uh, Orlando Arcia, who has taken Dansby Swanson's place on this team, uh, has seen Kyle 29 times. And he's hitting 276 against him, but no homers. Acuna has seen him 10 times. He does have a home run, and he's hitting 200. So that means he's got two hits, one of which were a home run. Was a home run? Good God. I can't believe I just did that. Whatever. I'm not cutting it out. It's too late in this show. Need to move. Uh, PR, Pilar, PR is uh, hitting 222 and nine at-bats, and nobody else has really seen him enough for me to tell you any more about it. The Cubs will be giving nothing away except for uh, day baseball, which, hey, you know, that's kind of nice, but, uh, you know, of course, 
I didn't know that they had some sort of like Star Wars thing going on, but you had to pay for all those tickets to get special stuff. So that's how the Cubs do it now. The, you know, one of the biggest market teams, one of the richest teams has to make you pay for everything. They don't give anything away. But hey, maybe that pays for Otani next season. We can only hope. But that's going to be it for me. I am out at home. Spugog. 